The Green Bay Packers are set to have one of the youngest passing games in modern NFL history. I don't care. And I'm going to tell you why on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers. Their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. So Bill Barnwell from ESPN wrote a piece and it was not about the Packers specifically, though he tweeted out a clip that had this blurb about the Packers. And it is a fascinating bit of business here that the Packers skill position players, the pass catchers, Average 23.4 years old. It would be the youngest group since 1990 other than the 0-16 Browns. Now, I understand the concern in a way. Look, these guys are inexperienced. This is something we've talked a little bit about before. But what I don't understand is why more teams aren't willing to just say, here it is. Here's our all-in investment on these young players. We're going to live and die by them, give them every opportunity to grow and succeed. And we believe in our coaching staff to maximize them. The case is always the same. We're going to bring in this veteran guy so he can show the younger guys how it's done. That is called a coach. If you believe that your talent exceeds the talent of the veteran you could bring in, then you don't need to bring in the veteran. You don't need to sign someone just to sign someone. That's that's not how this works, just to bring the averages up. And the reality of this is actually more that teams generally don't have this sort of draft capital invested in their pass catchers and their passing game battery. Jordan Love is a first-round pick. Christian Watson is a top 40 pick. Jaden Reed is a top 50 pick. Luke Musgrave is a top 50 pick. That sort of investment in the passing game is pretty rare. It's unique to Green Bay. Let me give you a recent example. That is not apples to, to apples, but it's a good example of this. In 2020, the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, T. Higgins. In 2021, after they were really bad, they drafted Jamar Chase. Their passing game was Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and then C.J. Uzama, who's just like a nothing tight end. He's a, a the definition of a replacement level tight end. You had Joe Mixon in the back, the backfield, Samaj P. Ryan, and a bad offensive line. The reason that group works is because Jamar Chase is a unique and incredible 
talent, and that T. Higgins is a really nice number two receiver who was good right away. And then Joe Burrow, turns out, is a superstar. But it doesn't work without Joe Burrow because we saw it in 2020 without Joe Burrow. It wasn't very good. And we saw it without Jamar Chase in 2022, and it wasn't very good. You need all of those pieces to work. So no matter what happens, you need the guys to be good. Christian Watson showed in the second half of last year, he can be a really, really good receiver. Does he need to be Jamar Chase? I don't think so, because as Bill, as Barnwell points out, the running game is going to be really good. But it's rare. Look around the league at the young rebuilding teams. They're not doing this. The Panthers went out and signed Adam Thielen to go with Bryce Young. The Texans went out and got Robert Woods to go with C.J. Stroud. They have some young players, but they went out specifically and got a veteran. That, this is what teams do because they say, well, we need a veteran in the room. I guess my question is when you've invested in that position, why? This is not the safety position for the Packers where you don't have anybody. Yes, by all means, go sign a safety. Go do that. You've invested in these players. Christian Watson has shown enough to suggest he can be the engine of your passing game. He was for half a season. It's not just Aaron Rodgers either. And we, we can't say, oh, it was the complimentary pieces. We can't say, oh, Alan Lazard is only good because of Devontae Adams and then say, oh, well, Christian Watson was only good because of Alan Lazard. No, no. I think Alan Lazard is a really good player. I am, I am the captain of the Alan Lazard fan club. But if anything, it was the other way around last year. Christian Watson made Lazard better, not Lazard making Christian Watson better. What Watson can do on this team is open up everything for everyone else. That's what Luke Musgrave can do for this team. And it struck me because I was watching the NFL put out a, uh, a video of Debo Samuel and the biggest plays of his career. It is remarkable how many of them are like five yards down the field or he's wide open. It's, it's scheme. Like the one against the Rams last year, he caught a slant and housed it because he has that sort of big playability. Not unlike the play Christian Watson made against the Eagles. When you have playmakers like that, when you have speed like that, it allows you to do so much. He doesn't have, Debo Samuel is not some nuanced route runner who's going to break guys off like he's, you know, prime Devontae Adams. That's not what he's doing. He's not in the slot running routes like Justin Jefferson. It's not his game. It's not what he does. He just gets the ball and goes and makes a play. Speed in space. That is what this offense at its core the Shanahan tree offense is speed in space. Think about the 49ers. Brandon Ayuk, not an elite route runner. He's, he is an emerging route runner, a developing route runner, a much better route runner than he was when he got into college. He's not breaking guys off like Devontae Adams, but after the catch, he's sensational. 
George Kittle, I've made this point a million times. He's big, fast, and an MF on the run game, but he's not going to confuse anyone for a receiver out there running routes. Not that he's bad at it. It's just not how he wins. It's not how most tight ends win. They win with size and acceleration and control and feel. You don't expect a rookie to have all that stuff, but that's what this offense is calling for. What materially is the difference between what the Bengals did and what the Packers are doing? First round quarterback, Jordan Love, Joe Burrow. Look, we have no idea how good Jordan Love is. Jordan Love has to be good for this offense to work anyway. Now, Christian Watson, maybe not Jamar Chase, but showed last year he can be really, really good. A top 10 kind of receiver. You add in Jaden Reed. Again, top 50 kind of pick in that, not quite in the T. Higgins range, not in the 30s, but pre, we're talking about premium talent. Luke Musgrave, premium talent. Tucker Craft, top 100 pick. Some people thought he should have been a second round pick. Premium kind of talent. It is just unique in the NFL. You look around the league. This is not how the Chiefs are built. This is not how the Bills are built. Dawson Knox is a top 100 pick. Gabe Davis is a top 100 pick, but they traded for Stephon Diggs. He was a veteran when they got him. Most teams just don't do what the Packers do. They just don't trade. Uh, they don't just draft all of these skill position players. It's just not common for the timelines to all match in this kind of way. And the teams that try it only kind of half try it. The teams in the best positions to do it often have these other holes. And so the Packers every year draft, you know, a, a, a twitchy, super athletic defensive lineman, pass rusher, whatever. And then on day two, they go after these other positions. All the time they do that. So you look around the league, some of these teams that have, okay, they've got their, their first round quarterback, Justin Herbert. They've got their first-round wide receiver, Mike Williams. Now they have another first-round receiver, Quentin Johnson, but they, they just now have that. They had a veteran, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams is, is really a veteran already. Their tight end is a veteran. Their running back is a veteran. It's just uncommon for the timelines to all add up this particular way. And part of the reason for that is unique circumstances around the Aaron Rodgers trade and the Devontae Adams trade. If the Packers had their druthers, they would have done it differently, but now they're in this position. It looks like you hit on Christian Watson. It looks like you hit on at least something with Romeo Dobbs. Okay. But that's not all. You need more. You needed help at the tight end position. You didn't set out to draft two tight ends. Well, maybe, maybe you believe that. Maybe you don't. I don't know that I buy that. I think they, I think they set out to draft multiple. I don't know that they necessarily set out to draft multiple in the top hundred. But they go out. They get Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft on day two, all offense. Part of the reason you can do that is because you hit on Zach Tom on day three. Looks like a starting caliber player. You hit on John Runyon on day three, starting caliber player. You've invested for years on defense. And so it just so happens that the last few years, you have all of these premium picks invested in offense. It is serendipity. It's a, a quirk of fate. But I don't, 
I don't mind not going and signing Adam Thielen like the Panthers did. To what end? I want to see Jaden Reed get those snaps. I want to see Romeo Dobbs and Samore Toure get those snaps. I want to see, why do I, why do I want to see Robert Woods now in the year of our Lord 2023 on, on a rebuilding team? That doesn't make sense. No, he should be on a team where he can go and help them win. Now, I understand this is probably the best opportunity for him to go and play a role because at this point in his career, he's just not a, a above average receiver three years ago. Yeah, great. Sign me up. Send him to Green Bay. He's just not that guy anymore. And there's health issues to account for as well. And then that aging curve. Do I think that the Packers missed out on an opportunity there? No. And I said so at the time. I get this approach. I'm not worried about the youth because I'm not that worried about this season. We talked yesterday on the show about the year two leap from tight ends. We talked about the year two leap from receivers. That's going to come this year for Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson in all likelihood. It's year two or it's year three generally. Watson, I think, already took the step. He already gave us the evidence that he's really good. Romeo Dobbs has to show it now. Some of the underlying metrics not nearly as good as, as you would think based on the hype that he was getting. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft. You, you have put together because your offensive line is so deep. Like I just don't think... This works if you haven't invested so much at corner. Eric Stokes, Russell Douglas, Jair Alexander. In the defensive front, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Devontae Wyatt, Lucas Van Ness, Kenny Clark. Add linebacker, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker. Yes, okay, safety. Could you have argued that instead of Tucker Craft, they could have taken a safety and then some of this balances out a little bit more? Yeah, but then you still have your starting tight end is a top 50 pick. You're starting two of your, stop, your starting three receivers our top 50 picks, your, your quarterback is a first round pick. That would be like in the last, you know, three years. That would be unique for the league. We just don't see that anywhere else. I don't think uniqueness in this case makes it a bad idea. It just doesn't. We're going to talk a little bit about why I want to talk more about this speed idea coming up in just a second. Before we get there, today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today, and don't miss your chance to get that first bet. No sweat, baby. I was looking at the um, Rookie of the Year options. I had that out. Victor Wembanyama is minus 160 to win the Rookie of the Year. Why, why would I, I don't know why I would do that. Like, even if I'm betting a hundred dollars for what I was like the guy that bet like $400,000 to, to win like 10 grand or something like ridiculous. Why, why now Chad Holmgren plus 650. Mm, now, now you're appealing to my, my value side. That seems pretty good to me. So don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic to talk about her series on the Shanahan tree. I cannot wait to hear it. Number one comes out July 10th. And number two, cannot wait to talk 
to her, one of the absolute best in the business, covering really anything. One of the best covering any beat that we have. Truly, I mean that. So Ellen Jenkins was on Good Morning Football. And he was asked about, you know, what he'd miss about Aaron Rodgers. And he talked about presence. Swagger. Locker room. Huddle. That kind of stuff. Didn't say, man, we just know any game, any situation we can win because we have Aaron Rodgers. Not that he couldn't. I'm just saying he didn't say that. And then he was asked, why are you so excited about Jordan Love? Why are you so sure this is going to work? And he said something that had nothing to do with football. It was about preparation. It was about presence. How he prepares. His attitude. Playing the quarterback position is about so much more than physical tools. All of these guys have physical tools. Great example. Look at Jay Sternberger right now. Crushing it. Crushing it. Not in the NFL. Professional league, crushing it. He's so physically gifted. But got hurt as a rookie. Fell a little bit behind. Got in the doghouse a little bit. Made made one mistake. And it's over. And now you're scrapping and clawing and you're having to play in the USFL. And prove yourself once again. And it's awesome that he is. We love to see former Packers succeeding. Clearly, really, really talented. All of these guys are talented. The Packers have had plenty of guys over the years. Talented. Brett Hundley, physically, really talented. And not everyone makes it. How many big, strong quarterbacks, Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, gifted guys. The position is about so much more than just the tangible. Now, all that being said, Greg Cosell once said to me, and is fond of saying, that everything intangible manifests itself on the field in tangible ways or it doesn't matter. Right? I, I mean, I, th- I think that's obvious. But it's it's not obvious. It either manifests itself on the field in some sort of tangible way or it doesn't matter. So if you're cool, calm, collect, if you've got a swagger in the locker room, if it doesn't help you on the field, then it doesn't matter. And this is the problem. And, and this is why, you know, I, I'm not going to get worked up about what Colin Cowherd said and all that stuff. Although it is, I do think it's funny that like whatever issue um, or whatever, I don't want to say issue because I don't think he has an issue with Aaron Rodgers. But whatever drum he got banging about Rodgers is apparently now going to be drummed about Jordan Love. But this idea that, oh, well, you know, people didn't say stuff about Jordan Love. Well, now they are. You know, we've done the, uh, there's no winning when talking about Jordan Love conversations right now, and that's all true. But, The players coming out and defending you and saying things in the last year and a half. That speaks to something in the locker room. Something intangible. 
a leadership quality. Elton Jenkins mentioned the leadership, the growth from Jordan Love as a leader. That's intangible. But you still need to be able to go out and win. Well, I wonder if the swagger and the bluster, much like with Mike Daniels once upon a time, where he was so loud and so aggressive every day in practice in every every game that eventually his teammates just started to tune him out. If you're Aaron Rodgers and you walk around like you're the biggest, baddest mother effer on the planet, I almost slipped. (laughs) Um, If you do that and you don't show up in the NFC Championship game, You carry yourself a certain way. You say certain things. And then you can't score more than 10 points at home in a playoff game when you're the number one overall seed. You carry yourself a certain way in the locker room. You say certain things in the media. And then in week 17 at home, you can't get it done. You throw the the season-clinching interception, throwing a prayer to no one. Not unlike, it immediately reminded me of Brett Favre against Philadelphia in the playoffs once upon a time. At a certain point, those intangibles start to become tangible, but not in the way that you want. That all the braggadocio, all the confidence, and the gravitas that you have If it doesn't show up in the biggest moments, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I think we had reached the point with Aaron Rodgers, and I said this after the 2021 playoff debacle, that the criticisms of Rodgers in those moments had become fair. For a long time, it was not his fault. And then it became a big part of his fault. Well, all of that stuff about, oh, he's the, you know, he's a steadying presence, all that stuff. And I don't, I said this on Twitter yesterday. I don't see evidence that Aaron Rodgers is the reason that this team stayed together last year. I just don't see evidence for it. It wasn't his play. He did not play significantly better in the second half. You know what happened? Christian Watson stayed healthy and tore the lid off defenses. And it changed everything about this Packers offense. Keyshawn Nixon got opportunities to start returning kicks. And he played incredible football. Changed everything about the special teams. The defense started getting interceptions. They started turning people over. That changed this defense. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers. I need to see the evidence in his play that he was a steadying force. It either manifests itself on the field in tangible ways or doesn't matter. And I need to be convinced a lot more than just some sort of ineffable energy that he's bringing to these other guys. Like, I don't believe that a a player is going to bring this confidence, this juice, and it affects everyone but him. Why does it affect everyone else? But in the biggest moments, in the biggest game of the season, you can't get it done. It either manifests itself in tangible ways or it does not matter. 
And so for Jordan Love, it is great that his teammates have confidence in him. But it needs to manifest itself in some sort of meaningful way on the field for it to matter. And it goes back to my original point that this position is about so much more than just physical ability. Jordan Love has the physical ability. He is he is a top 10 percentile, like he's in the 90th percentile of talent in the NFL. But this position is about so much more than talent. And so hearing that he has these other qualities, what Trent Dilfer calls dude qualities, that's what you need. You need that combination. And then even that is not enough. You still need some luck. You still need some talent around you. You still need a good coach. All that stuff is really, really important. And we're going to find out if the Packers have it. All right, we're going to finish up here in just a second. But before we do, thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. Every dayers. We also had a rookie orientation series this week on Carl Brooks. That's coming. Follow the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Uh, we have a new piece coming out on Wednesday and another on Friday from Jason. Go subscribe to that plus Locked on Sports today. Go check out Locked on Sports today. It is a great time of year right now because we've got NHL, crazy offseasonness. We've got NBA, Crazy offseasonness, and then before you know it, we're going to be in training camp, and you're going to want to get all the updates for your fantasy football reasons, all that stuff. Locked on sports today. Go check it out. Last thing I want to touch on, and speaking of Elton Jenkins, and speaking of the first point I made, that this offense is speed and space. Elton Jenkins talked about his expectations for Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed. The speed. The speed. I, I made the case a couple weeks ago This is going to be the fastest team maybe ever for the Packers. It's hard to remember a team that was faster. 2011, maybe. But the safeties after Nick Collins got hurt were slow. If we're talking about just pure offense, I think you can make the case because of, you know, Jermichael Finley, because of Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Ryan Grant could really move. But even that team, they didn't have anyone like Christian Watson. They didn't have anyone that could move like that. This tight end group, you know, that was Jermichael Finley 2011 post-ACL. Really, still a really, really good player. Still a really physically dominating player. Doesn't have, and they certainly went, did not go too deep with that sort of athletic ability. You have Jaden Reed. You've got Romeo Dobbs. You add in Dontavian Wicks and some of this other young talent. This speed is going to be real. And it's such a good fit for what you're doing. When you're offensive linemen, like these guys are all grit. Like, did you see the Kelvin Beecham? I think it was Kelvin Beecham. Did a gender reveal, found out it was a boy, and then did the kick slide to celebrate. Like all those guys care about is grinding people. And he's talking about how excited he is about the speed on this team. I think that tells you something about what those guys are showing and what they can be. I'm just, I'm really excited to see this team in the preseason. There's there's a lot to be excited for on this team. And it all goes back to my original point. I know they're young. I don't care. And I frankly don't know why, if you're a team like Houston, if you're a team like Carolina, you wouldn't take the same approach from the Packers, borrow that, and then just speed, 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 speed. Back tomorrow, Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic. Um, and and a lot more coming this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, 
on our Locked on Packers YouTube page. You can do that. Go subscribe to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>